everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Breaks Down podcast, powered by 528 Collectibles. I'm Adam Hartog. Sitting next to me, as always, in the studio is my co-host, Thomas Frey. And today's episode is going to look a little bit different for you guys because we finally have a new format. So each week, Tom and I are going to bring you new segments. Some of them include an award, one or two awards that Tom and I will give each week that pertain to current events happening in sports, collectibles, and pop culture. We're going to do one main segment. In the case of today's episode, it's the NBA playoffs, specifically the series that just wrapped up between the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers that saw the Celtics advance after they won Game 7, and they will go on to face the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. We're also going to open each show with a segment very similar to Scott Van Pelt's One Big Thing, where Tom and I each give a point that we wanted to talk about to open today's show. And then we're going to close with random trivia. This week, Tom chose the topic, and I tried to guess and fill in the answers that he was looking for. I hope you guys enjoy the show. It was a lot of fun recording with the new format. As always, we look forward to bringing you this episode and each episode going forward. We hope you guys enjoy. Hi, Kylo. Okay, this segment is pretty self-explanatory, but just because it's the first time that we're doing it, I'll offer a little description for all of our edification. So, a lot of shows open with the host giving a little brief rant. Typically, it's their big talking point of the day, something that is so important to them that they need to open their show with it. Each week, Tom and I are each going to pick our own topic, and just like we're about to do now, we will open the show with it. And we welcome feedback on it. We have fun little discussions and back and forths about it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we each have to come up with for each episode. Tom, do you want to go first? All right. So, yeah, I'll start. And my important thing that I want to talk about this week is my New York Knicks. They just lost to the Heat. They're out of the playoffs. This is something I feel very strongly about. The wound is still very fresh, and I haven't processed my emotions because this was house money. No one was expecting the Knicks to be where they were anyway, except for maybe me. And even that's a stretch because I kind of thought they'd bow out to the Cavs. But them losing in just so many winnable games, Tibbs was completely outcoached. Like, well, Spolstra's unbelievable and, like, is I should just be cemented as best coach in the NBA at this point. And playoff Jimmy's real, even though he didn't do that much against the Knicks, he still was consistently twenty seven a game and like timely buckets, back breaking baskets that really hurt us every single time. And he just like never missed and the ball always found its way in. I think the Knicks are the worst team in basketball to watch. They have pretty much no offensive scheme. It's just horrific. I, either Tibbs needs to get fired or Randall needs to get traded or both because you just can't have a black hole like that in an offense with so little creativity. And if Randall's going to get traded, it, it's not going to be a one-for-one. One. You're not going to get a, a Randall in return because 
there's not that many all-NBA players that you can trade Randall for, and Randall's an all-NBA player. So you're going to have to probably trade Randall for a lesser player and picks and then hope to package that and get a, then get your star or something along those lines. So the Knicks have a big summer ahead of them. Leon Rose, it's time to figure it out. You can't run it back. Otherwise, you're just going to do worse than you did this year because you don't have really that much money or flexibility to, to sign people. So it's a make-or-break year pretty much. Otherwise, we're just destined to be in basketball's middle class where it's, like, acceptable to make the playoffs and that's it. And that sucks. So, you had anything on that? No, it's a terrible place to be in the NBA. It's unfortunate that being a playoff team but not having one of the seven guys, if the list is even that long, that can be the best player on a championship team is, like, the worst place to be in basketball. Unfortunately, you're better off maybe not tanking for a star every year but you're just as good being out of the playoffs as you are being a seven or eight seed. I mean, the Hawks probably, as long as they have Trey Young, that's they're, they probably reach their peak. So at a certain point, the Knicks are going to need to acquire a best player on a championship team to make that jump forward. And it stinks that someone like RJ probably will never be the second best player on a championship team. And they've done a, a very good job actually drafting and developing talent depth guys that can be crucial role pieces on a team that makes the next step but like you said they don't have the the guys on the team to do that then in the nba you just need to acquire one of those guys i i to to counter it's not that i don't think rj can be the second best player on a championship team i think he could be if his shooting gets to the next level because he is able to get to the rim at an elite rate like top level finisher at the rim too especially this year because he really struggled the years past and now he's so he's getting to the rim he's making more free throws than ever yada 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 but either way like if if you theoretically you if you traded randall for a jeremy grant and i don't know or like a brandon ingram let's say a little bit more higher tier so you have no randall so you have brunson rj Brandon Ingram, let's say Obi or a Kevin Love or some other veteran depth piece, and Mitch. And then you fill out your bench quickly, Hartenstein, and Vets. It, does that team get you to the championship? I'm not sure it gets you out of the East. I don't know that it doesn't, but I think you have a better chance than the roster as it currently is. Especially as that. Tibbs coaches. Because, like... Why wouldn't Derrick Rose play in this series? Especially, like, you... The Knicks had a... I think it was a 17-point lead in in the last game. And Tibbs sat Randall and Brunson at the same time. And I think it was McBride, RJ, Hart, Hartenstein, and... I don't even know. Who else Who else would have been out there? Am I forgetting Grimes? something? And Grimes. Yeah. That's the five he had out there with a 17-point lead, and he expected them to be able to score. Like, what on earth? I just, I can't. Why? You have two guys, two ball-dominant guys. Why on earth would you take them both out at the same time? It makes no sense. Do you got nothing? I think Tibbs is a, a raise-the-floor guy, especially for a team like this. And I'm not saying that he's holding them back because they don't have 
No, I think he's holding. I think I think he held them back. In I this think, series, maybe, but I don't think they were. I don't think they were. There was ever a legitimate chance that they were going to make it out of the East. No matter I think, who was coaching this team. I think I disagree. I I really do. I don't think they would have stood a chance against Boston. I mean, I know it's before the series has started, but the Celtics are minus five fifty against the Heat. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. But I think the Heat will put up a much better fight than minus five fifty. Probably. Like, but that could still be six. That could be six, but you're one injury away. Then you're always one injury away. Not necessarily. I mean, like. We we Jimmy Butler got hurt and the Knicks still didn't win. But like he didn't miss any games though. He did miss a game. They barely won. Oh, true. Yeah. They Knicks were almost one game one when Randall was hurt. But I, I I when I said you're always one injury away, I meant like you're always one injury where your guy's done for the playoffs away. No, yeah, from but, the from the whole postseason. But if the Knicks seen cha- changing, if if the Knicks played the Celtics. I don't think they're a better team, but I think there are scenarios in which they win. And the Knicks played the Celtics great in the regular season. That's my point. So if the Knicks had a better coach than Tibbs, and there's three or four on the market right now, is Nick Nurse, Bud probably, and Monty from the Suns. And, like, when Doc gets fired, he'll probably be better than Tibbs and I don't know about that. Either way, we that's an, for another point for another time. But if you put one of those guys who actually are able to create a functional offense and put them on the Knicks and have them coach the Knicks, the Knicks defense wasn't the problem. They were holding Miami to the low 100s and 90s every game for the most part. Well, he'd also had the worst offense in the league. Exactly. So, so what did you need to do? You needed to score. Yeah. The Knicks have players who can score. The Knicks have like a three-point shooter in Grimes who they never drop a play for him. They had they turned Obi into a stretch four because they didn't know how to use him otherwise. Well, the problem with Obi is that they haven't known what to do with him since they drafted him because they drafted him expecting him to be to an replace almost Randall. immediate Randall. Yeah, replacement. yeah. But you could still play Obi twenty minutes a game. And they were in the regular season and against the Cavs. Yeah, but but even still, even still, that it's not a matter of playing time; it's a matter of using him. Like when they. When he was averaging at the end of last year twenty ten and five or whatever it was ridiculous, like it's because he was a mid he was almost an Amari type player. He'd catch the ball in the mid post and rip through and score, or he would bring the ball up the court and dribble and create. He wasn't just stand in the corner shoot a three guy, which is what Tibbs has turned him into. If you had a functional offensive head coach there, I think the Knicks could have made the championship. With some luck, obviously. I think the Celtics were the better team. I think they could have beat the Sixers, though. The Knicks. I think they could have beat the Sixers, too. Yeah. I think I, I think, think Sixers, we all saw the yes. Sixers are flawed. Sixers are very fraudulent and have been for years now. But so, so there you go. The Sixers took the Celtics to seven. Sixers win that series. Knicks win this series. Knicks could have, like, there is a universe where the Knicks could have been in the championship. I mean, when you're one series away, yeah, there always is, I guess. But yeah. I don't think that they should be viewed as a team that is one piece away necessarily. Well, that's not true because I think if that one piece is a is a what a, if it's Kawhi? Yeah, I was gonna say if a it's an elite Kawhi. an elite tier guy, then that's one piece. But I don't think as the Knicks are currently constructed, they're not a coach away. I, all those guys that you listed not, needed superstars I think they're not, that the Knicks don't have. I think they're. Well, I think Brunson's a superstar. I do too, but he's not. 
even Booker, I, I would say. No, and I mean, and that's the worst did, guy that any did. of those guys on that team had had won a title with. Yeah, Giannis, Kawhi, they didn't win a title with Booker, but no. But my point, okay, we're having two different discussions here, though. It's, I'm not saying the Knicks are a cha- are a coach away from right now being a legitimate contender. I'm saying with a different coach. The Knicks Their could have higher. made yes, they agree, could yeah. have made the championship theoretically. I so but, I, but I agree it, that their ceiling would be higher. I just I still don't see them as a championship team. But we can not a championship team, not that. a championship team. I, I don't see them as a contender, not even as a contender. Could have made it to this championship. <laughs> well, isn't that no? How are you not a contender if you're in the finals? Because they would get smoked by the Nuggets. But you're still no, no, no. I'm saying if they beat the Heat with a better coach, and then they go against the Sixers, who are proven frauds. Yes. Let's say the but Celtics they wouldn't lost have to the been Sixers. If in that hypothetical. <laughs> Why? Because they won one more game. Let's say Tatum kind of, rolls. Yeah. Tatum rolls an ankle. Well, if they win it that way, this but is a just... pure hypothetical. I think that that a that a Monty Williams or another coach with a creative offense. Would have put the Knicks in a better position to make it to make this championship. That's I, all I'm I agree saying. with that. Yes, I agree and with that. I'm saying if they make a move for another star, if they upgrade from Randall at least in terms of fit, they could be a tier up See, in terms of contention. I agree that both those moves unquestionably moves the Knicks closer to a title. I think I just disagree with how much further that pushes them. I would put, I mean, where it, did you think the Cavs had a chance to win the championship? No. A lot of people did. I thought that was dumb. Okay, fair enough. But a lot of people, I would think. I, I thought th- they would beat the Knicks, but I didn't think they were going to make it out of the East. I think the Knicks are a tier above that if they trade Randall and upgrade in some way. Well, it would. It depends on who it is, obviously. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to get Giannis. No, I'm not talking Giannis. Even if it's a like you get a Brandon Ingram and better depth. Yeah. Or I'm if you get Brandon Brand- Ingram, definitely makes the Knicks way better than Randall does. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Some like he's not necessarily like 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 Randall was all NBA this year. Ingram he should wasn't. not have been. No, he should have been this year. He was he was really good in the regular. He was really season. good, but it's. He was not even the best player on his own team. That's yeah, true. I agree with that by a lot. But point being is even if on paper Ingram isn't statistically the player Randall is, I, I still think he is. Either way, depending on where you rank them in the league, which I think some people would have Randall higher, I think Ingram raises their ceiling and makes them a better team. I agree. And I think with a real coach, that team could be – could be a, a serious threat. Maybe not an out-and-out contender, because who were the contenders this year? The real contenders were, what, the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Bucks, The Lakers. You th- Coming into the year or going into the playoffs? Uh, going... Coming into the year, the Lakers were not. No, but going into the playoffs, definitely. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people had the Lakers. And, like, coming the into Warriors, the year, don't some people still just because of pedigree. They were the defending champions. Yeah. yeah, they had to have been. So, like, they're, they're, I'm not saying they're in that tier, but they could sneaky get into that tier. People probably had – some people probably had the heat. Some people who probably knew better than we did. 
I don't even know if it's knowing better. I think because I think those people were probably surprised at how bad they were in the regular season. I think there's just people that were like, these guys have Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero. Well, I mean, at the end of the season, after they were so bad, someone picking them still to be good in the playoffs is my. Point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's probably the last year for value on the playoff Jimmy bets because I think Vegas probably. I think we all a, probably know playoff Jimmy is officially confirmed. There's got to be an adjustment somewhere. But, yeah. All right. You're you're up for your talk important talking point of the day. So for my critical to the survival of the human race point, Tom, the process is dead. There is no question about it. Joel Embiid, the reigning MVP, is the only surviving championship piece from that team. And I think as we have all seen now, he cannot be the best player on a championship team. I know you really had no doubt about that going into the playoffs, but it was put on display for the whole country yesterday. I think he had, what, 15 points in a game seven? Yeah, it was Two bad. points in the second half. It was bad. So in the process years, they they picked Joel Embiid, Dario Saric, Jaleel Okafor. Before we get real deep, Dario Saric never really had a chance. He Wasn't he like, second, or he won Rookie of the Year, or was second to Embiid? I think he was second. He averaged like 15 a game, and then just like they dra- kept drafting big men, and then he like got hurt and buried on other teams. It's like a little unfair. Sorry, yeah. go, sorry, go on. So Embiid, Saric, Jaleel Okafor in 2015, Ben Simmons, yes. and Markel Fultz. Yes, very good drafting. They could have drafted instead of Saric, Zach Levine, and Nikola Jokic, obviously they would not have drafted Jokic no, with Embiid even, being there. That's not even obvious, because didn't they draft the center the next year? Yeah, true, with the third pick. <laughs> yes. But that was after a year of Embiid he- health concerns from Embiid. Yeah, but so, but still, there were other, either way. Over Okaflex, they took Porzingis. Or could have taken. Sorry, they could have taken Porzingis, Devin Booker, Porzingis and Devin Booker. Okay. Over Ben Simmons, they could have taken Brandon Ingram, yeah, Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. DeMontis Sabonis, okay. Pascal Siakam, and DeJounte Murray. Well, now we're getting deep in the draft. I, I agree. Okay. I'm just naming mostly all-stars. Yeah. A lot of names. Over Markel Fultz, they could have taken Jason Tatum. Yeah, it's the big one. De'Aaron Fox. That one's the big one because they traded Tatum didn't they they did they traded out of the first pick the celtics yeah and i'm really not sure that they would have done that if they thought there was any chance tatum would have been taken but they everyone knew that the the sixers were trading up for markel fultz absolutely but but also though i don't know i still to this day don't understand why Uh, he was really good at washington no he was really good No, no he was and a lights out shooter uh, yes, he was. That's all good and, and fair, but, like, they needed a wing. Ben Simmons was their primary ball handler. He was, At that yeah. time. Yeah, but I think they probably planned for Fultz to play off-ball quite a bit. But then why not draft Tatum? Why not keep your your assets? Look, it was draft... a stupid decision. Yeah, either way. Whatever. So, point being... They did a really bad job drafting, and they had a lot of chances to build a good team around Embiid or a better team. And honestly, they probably should have won against Kawhi's Raptors that year. Yeah, so... That was a Doc Rivers coaching masterclass, as they all are. Yeah, so terrible drafting, 
a waste of tanking and the prime draft capital that it it provides you. Yeah. Also, choosing Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Ben, and Tobias Harris. Yeah, and Tobias. And, you know, Tobias, New York guy. Gotta love him, but it was obvious then. It, it's even... It wasn't as obvious then because Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons and he is the most... He's the curious case of Benjamin Button Simmons like because of a multitude of reasons. I, I don't know if that's been a thing ever been said before. If it hasn't been, but people it. people have already forgotten that Ben Simmons was no, no, a no, two no, no. time member of the All NBA. I'm team. not saying picking Ben Simmons over or sorry, yeah, Ben Simmons over Jimmy. It was more the Tobias over Jimmy. That yeah, I was which is which is worse. Yeah, that was bad. I'm saying at the time you didn't know Ben Simmons was going to Ben Simmons. I don't know if we knew, but we had a strong sense that letting Jimmy go was not a smart move at the time, and it's gotten so much worse. Um, and yeah. and are, are we sure that the Sixers aren't the best team in the East this year if they have Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid? No. Because then Embiid is the second best player on that team, and I think they make it out of the East. I think... I don't know which part of your question I answered. I think they very well could be the best team in the East if they had those two. I think that's what you said. Yeah, I don't know. Either way. Um, Yeah, Jimmy's awesome, uh, and and Embiid's awesome, and their team was really good. And they were deep, and their starting five was unreal. And and it's – this seems like we're going to get into it, but unless you get into Doc later. A little bit. Okay, so then we'll save that for – no, but they spent f- about five years intentionally losing. Embiid wasn't playing much for the first two years of his career. Simmons, I think, missed the first his whole rookie first year. year, right? Yeah. And there was the whole rookie of the year controversy. Yeah, and they were just losing in almost intentionally, throwing out terrible lineups just to get this these high draft picks and build a championship caliber team, and they're. More likely than not, unless they have make major overhauls to this team, and we'll talk about where they might go from here in that whole series in a little bit, but there's a good chance that their peak is going to be a second round of the playoffs team. If you redid the process over, this is realistically like a bottom two outcome of it. Oh, yeah. Like, bottom 20%? Yeah. yeah. Like 100%. Yeah, I was out of 10, if you redid it 10 times. <laughs> this is a bottom 20% outcome of it. And especially, like, some of those names that I read off of guys they could have had. Sure, hindsight's twenty twenty, but could you imagine the Sixers team with Jokic? Could you imagine the Sixers team with Booker? Could you imagine the Sixers team with Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, De'Aaron Fox, well, Donovan oh, Mitchell? Also, though, the year before they took Embiid, do you have, did you mention it already? That it they what? took Nerlens? Well, yeah, I didn't because that it wasn't was... the process. But point yeah. is, like... They took a center in the top five the year they before. Took three they, straight centers in the top five. Like, how on earth? And Saric in the top ten. Yeah. It was, just, it was a power Same forward. Same year as Embiid. So, like. And that's why they needed Fultz so bad a few years later. Just totally mismanaged on, like, an unbelievable scale. You're right. Yeah, process is dead, and it probably should have died a, a little while ago. And yet, I'm still somewhat for it. It existing? I don't know Oh, the ideology behind it? I don't know that I wouldn't want... If my team was not making the playoffs, let's say the Knicks from like four years ago, 
I would have been. I mean, they kind of were doing it they, for yeah, Zion. They tried it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they only did it for one year. Or so a maybe processes years, don't work. No, they do though. If you do them right, if would Who's you rather the last team to do it right? The Thunder. Right now. Oh, right now. Right now. But they didn't even draft Shea. Doesn't they got matter. they got lucky. Yeah, but they no, they didn't get lucky. They bottomed out and did it properly. No, they got lucky because the Clippers needed to lure Paul George in to get Kawhi. Yeah, that's not luck. That's, that's kind of luck. No, that's literally that's making the trade properly. That's making the teardown trade properly. The, if the Knicks had gotten instead of Dennis Smith Jr. another rising star, quote unquote star, and the picks they got, that trade looks a lot better for them. If they got a Shea Gilgis Alexander for Porzingis. That's you doing your teardown properly. That's what you trade your superstar for. I just don't know that you... How often do you get that in the NBA? How often do you get traded a top, an eventual top 10 guy in the league on his rookie contract? Uh, the Suns just traded McCall Bridges. McCall Bridges is not a top 10 player in the league. Potential, or on his rookie contract. Potential, fair enough, but he's a potential top 10 player in the league. I'm not sure I agree with that, but still, I I think it's his two-way potential puts him on that that level. He was second in defense player of the year last year and averaged 25 a game with the with the Nets this year. And also, I think it's too early to call the Thunder's process they have doing like, it right because they, they were have calling, like, they have like 27 picks over the next like eight drafts. No, I know, I know. Picks. But we could have been at, at this point when the Sixers had made the playoffs for the first year I think we were calling it a success. I think we're not going to know if the Thunders if the Thunder did it right until they're at this point because as of now we're calling the Sixers a definitive failure and I think it is and but the Thunder no have other, not made it this far. What's, what's the other path? Uh, what the Nets si- did. Live in a big city and hope that superstars want to come to your team? You do what the Nets did and like that was an unmitigated disaster and I would totally do it again. Not with those guys, but if but how is in the that, modern I mean, day NBA. But, that, but the Nets did what the Thunder are hypothetically doing. That's exactly um, what they did. They bottomed they con- out, they, and then but they, then they abandoned it by getting superstars. The Thunder have one. They have twenty-seven picks to acquire those superstars. I just I I don't know that we know it's going to be a success yet. I mean the the Sixers had two All NBA guys, and then they still had a lot of picks, and then it ended up turning into nothing. I agree that the Thunder seemingly are doing it better, but I don't know that we can say for sure it's done right yet. No, but I can say that they're on the right track. They've done it better to this point than the Sixers had to that point. I agree with that. That's That was what I was trying to say. But it's, also, it, it seemed like the Sixers had nailed it at one point. We were like, they got two all-NBA guys out of five picks. That's more than what you would sign up for. It turned out to be one. Yeah, but it, it's two top two all-NBA guys that are a, not even a good fit with each other. No, they ended up not being. They never could, They never really would have been. They're both non-shooters. I agree with you that if the Sixers find good players that... F- it's not, not the Sixers. The Thunder find good players that fit into the, the team, then it will be a success. I just don't know that... I don't know if that's going to happen. I have no reason to think it won't. But either way, this is it's not negating... The point that I think, well, at that time also, however many, how many years are the Thunder into their tank? 
two, three, two. To what? When they got SGA? When they, when they traded Chris Paul away. That's no. It would be before that because they they had an up year with Chris Paul and then back down. Yeah. So it would. No, it would have to be. I guess when they traded Russ. No, that would be when it was. Whenever they traded Paul George away, is when it's twenty nineteen. Yeah. So. What? That's they're three, four years in. It was twenty nineteen. I think it was twenty nineteen. Because Kawhi won the title they just with have so many, they have Toronto so many in 2019 and then left. Point being, they have so many assets. If they mess this up, they deserve to never succeed. I agree. But anyway, my point was, I don't know if processes work because we haven't seen a team do it and make a deep playoff run. Yes. Sorry, back to the main point. But then it's, how do you, how do, you do it then? I mean, you just uh, get lucky and draft a generational superstar, or yeah, like that's that's or or lower one of the, that's why I think if you, you do, I think despite the outcome, you do what the Nets do again if you have the opportunity. If you if someone comes to you, you and do, say but you the can Nets get, were a failure too. I know. So that's what I'm saying is like, what? How do you? But it's worked other places how, more than the process. The only the Heatles, LeBron going back to the Cavs. LeBron going to the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so my. That's what I said. It's live in a big city and lure a superstar. That's how you do it. Or, or draft a generational. Superstar. Or draft Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much. So. I mean, how else has it happened? But so, so what else are you gonna do <laughs> if you can't do that? You have no choice but to tear it down and rebuild from like. So maybe it's so the just only do it way if you're somewhere like Oklahoma City and don't process it if you're a big city like Philadelphia. I can get behind that. But it, yeah, but is anyone going to Philadelphia? I guess no. James no. Harden went to Philadelphia. Yeah, but that was mostly to just he might leave again. I know. And to I was a big just, city like Houston. Yeah, people will go just to likes, Philly. He just likes the strip clubs. Yeah, people will go to Philly. Phil, I've heard good things about Philly from people that have been there. I'm not I've, heard, I've seen bad things about city. Philly from always Sunday. I'm not knocking the city. I'm just saying I, what evidence other than but other than Harden getting traded there do we have of a superstar choosing to go there? Meek Mill, big six superstar, fan. superstar basketball player. <laughs> um, in the last did Al Horford sign there? <laughs> yeah, he did, and then he left. <laughs> He's not a superstar, I know. No, but you're right. Al Horford did sign there, and and JJ Redick too. Yeah, JJ signed there. Yeah. He kept getting the one-year, $20 million deals. It was awesome. <laughs> the J.J. Redick deals. Yeah. Uh, all all right. right, so that's why that's my one moderately-sized end-of-the-world thing for okay. this week is the process officially DOA. All right, so the Celtics closed out the series against the Sixers in Game 7 yesterday with a resounding win. I think they won by 30 points. Yeah, something like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah, so I think... Something embarrassing, I should say. I think the best team in the East is still alive. I think it would have been really bad for the Celtics if they lost. I think they would have had a lot of questions to answer. I think that Joe Mazzula is finally starting to figure out what he needs to do to make this team as competitive as possible. But I know that there were a lot of questions from Celtics fans in the series before this about a lack of adjustments that started started to change towards the end of the series. Obviously, halfway through Game 6, it seemed like the narrative around Tatum for the whole summer was going to be, is he really as good as 
we've always thought he is and was going to be, but he rescued himself with that fourth quarter performance in Game 6, and then from the very jump yesterday, you could see that he was determined to take over the game. He did so with a Game 7 record, 51 points. Okay, so there's two roads here. The Celtics, the Celtics figuring things out, playing one of their best games of the season in a crucial Game 7 at home, advancing to the Conference Finals, where they're heavily favored against the Heat. And there is, where the hell do the Sixers go from here? Because they have the reigning league MVP, James Harden and Doc Rivers, some nice role players like Maxi and Harris, but... There's no doubt that this team is not good enough to win a championship. They're not in there, like, I don't, uh, can I, so let's just start there. Um, I think they got to fire Doc. I think Doc has a reputation as being a great coach because he won a championship with one of the greatest teams ever assembled. 15 years ago. 15 years ago. And hasn't been close since. Really. No. Hasn't been, like, really close since. So, it's... I've been to the finals once since? With the Celtics again? Yeah. Yeah. With... So, so since those finals runs, he hasn't been close. No, not even... So, not even back to the finals. Yeah. So, I think it's time. And I think, like, even former players are now coming out and expressing, like... Like, Doc came out and was like, yeah, our Clippers teams didn't really have a chance. And all those guys were like... Do you ever think, like, maybe we didn't like each other because you, like, weren't a good coach? And Who said that? JJ implied it, and then maybe not implied, but it's just, like, basically saying that Doc didn't take any accountability for their issues. Like, maybe he could have done more to make it so they meshed better. So, I shouldn't <laughs> I exaggerated with the maybe a good coach, but the Doc didn't take any accountability for their failures. And so maybe there's a continuing pattern of him doing that um so i think first foremost fire him i think oh i don't know do you think they should keep harden i think i I have no idea what they do because you'd think Embiid's gonna be back and there's been nothing to make you think otherwise at this point but we live in an nba world where every year a quarter to 40 percent of the superstars decide that they need to play somewhere else and this was another heartbreaking playoff loss after awards-wise the best individual season of Embiid's career. And who knows that he's locked in for the long haul. And I think I think if he's back, I think you probably keep Harden and move on from, from Doc. But what if Harden's getting a long-term deal? Do you sign Harden to a long-term deal? I Four-year max? What else do you do, though? If Embiid's back, is, if you if you let him walk, Embiid probably walks. But if you sign Harden to a four year max, what are you signing up for? What like you have no idea. There's no there's no such thing as a long term commitment with James Harden. Well, that it does not matter what. How, how old he will signed. he be in four years? He's thirty four now. So you'll be paying a thirty eight year old James Harden. Yeah, you'll be paying a thirty seven, thirty eight year old James Harden. Is he thirty three now? Yeah. Okay. You'll be paying him upwards of what forty million dollars a year? Fifty. Uh, Dame's Dame's gonna be making like sixty by then, so, so I'd assume Harden. Okay, so sixty, sixty million dollars. You're gonna be paying James <laughs> Harden when he's damn near forty. No, that's I mean, the thing. I'm not going to be. Obviously, you won't be. Like, I don't know, dude. I don't know if they even should want to extend him, and if they or keep him, and if they don't, does does Embiid want out? 
because they're not even close to well, anything. Embiid probably wants out, or he wants somebody else to come play with him. And I don't know who that is. And then if you lose Harden, do you have the assets to get a, another guy to come play with him? You probably... Maxi and picks? You probably do, but you'd have to gut your team. And then I mean, if he leaves for free... It? it depends who it is. I mean, at a certain point, you're probably going to look at it from two perspectives. Does this make us better as a team and closer to a championship? Or do we need to keep Embiid happy and around because he's so important to the city and so connected with it and the MVP. So it's not like this guy's a scrub. He's just not the best player on a championship team. And who can you get to play with him if you lose Harden? And even if you have Harden, let's say that Embiid wants to play with Dame and Dame's cool with leaving Portland if he gets to go to Philly and play with Embiid and you need to include Harden in a trade. Is it even possible to send James Harden to Portland? No. He has to agree. And why would he want to go to Portland? He would not. Exactly. So, no. You can't use Harden in a sign-and-trade unless it's somewhere he wants to go. So, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do either. I think they're their where the Knicks, are tied. They're like where the Knicks, you said, are. They're not good enough to win a championship. They have uh, an MVP on a max deal, and they've never made it past the second round. I'll give them Randall. They can have Randall and pair him up with those two that's very generous and yeah. we'll take maxi <laughs> and Harden. <laughs> our enemy uh, no we'll take tobias some picks tobias and, isn't expiring right or free expiring this year he, next year he's, he has one more year okay so we'll take tobias some picks and like george nyang or something one other <laughs> the knee grabber yeah one other did you see that i did not uh, he grabbed, I think it was Jalen Brown's knee as they were. He was trying to run back from in front of the Sixers bench, to like keep him in place, kind of. Oh, yeah. Okay, so maybe it was kind not. of a dick move. All right, so we won't take George Niang. We'll take I don't know one of those other guys. I'll take Corkmaz or something. Someone who can I, shoot. Either way, I'll, I'll take do that. I'll take either of those guys just so I could hear Clyde rhyme their names or something. Yeah. All right. So we'll do that. I'll do that. Then you got your big three right there. Your championship big three. All big-time performers in the playoffs, I think you'll be set. Look, as much as I would love to flip Randall for Philly's entire support system... Yeah, that's what I want. I'm not sure that the Sixers will be too keen on bringing in Dr. Julius as a sidekick to Joel Embiid. Your options are limited. you got to take Randall. You have to. They want him really bad now. Why? Because I said so. I think it's... Probably as dark as it's been for Sixers fans since they made the playoffs for the first time in 2018. Probably. They're directionless. Especially being up 3-2. And we haven't even talked about the disappearing act of Harden and and Embiid in the last two games. Harden especially. The last three games of the series, Harden had decreasing amount of points. It was was 9 in Game 7. I think it was 13 the game before that, and I think it was 17 the game before that. And it's not even a Jekyll and Hyde thing with Harden because that would imply that it's 50-50. You get occasional Jekyll. I don't even know if that's the right one. <laughs> and primarily Hyde. Whichever, yeah, whichever... Whichever is the bad. Whichever one is the 45 burger, you get occasional of that I think, from Harden. I think that's Jekyll. He's the good one. Yeah. So we'll get 75% Periodic Jekyll. Periodic Jekyller. James Harden. Yes. 
He pe- periodically Jekylls, yes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, and then who do you even bring in to replace Doc? There's just, like, all those guys. All the five guys I mentioned earlier. Nick, Nick Nurse, Nurse would be awesome. Nick Nurse is a fantastic coach. Yeah, Nick Nurse, Bud, Monty Williams, I don't know, Tibbs. Tibbs? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you want. John Beeline. Yeah. Oh. Was, uh, who's the guy that LeBron got fired? David Blatt. David Blatt. No, but then there's the other guy who was there for like five minutes. Igor. Igor. Igor Kokoskov. I don't even remember who that is. I, I think he was the Cavs, or he was the Suns. They might have hired him, and they fired him like immediately. I'm going to look this up quick. So, yeah, I don't I don't know what the Sixers do from here. I think it's 50-50 that this thing is blown up by by the time we're talking about preparing for the next draft. Not the Wembenyama one. The one after? Yeah. As in, like, positioning themselves to tank? I don't even know if they will be the ones making that determination, but I think they will be in a position to tank, either from Embiid being fed up or them deciding this is clearly not working we need to process this yeah just uh reprocess this yeah call in their one redraft card and get tatum on the team yeah all right i think that's good and igor kakoskov it was the Suns, not the Cavs. he was the Suns. i actually do remember this guy one year 19 and 63 fired uh, and then on the other side, the Celtics are on to the conference finals to play Miami. I think they're probably going to advance to the finals. I don't know that they stand a chance in the finals, but Celtics-Lakers would be really, really, really entertaining if that happens. And if it's not Celtics-Lakers, then maybe we'll get to see the one of the two best players in the league if the Nuggets make it through, which they probably will. But... I think the better team won, at least in the East semis. I think it's going to be Celtics-Nuggets. And I think, yeah, so I think the better team probably won in both East semifinal games. No, I don't. I think the Knicks are better than the Heat. I think the Heat are better coached. I agree with that, but I think definitely the Celtics are better than Philly. Celtics are better than Philly. I think that's unquestionable especially when Tatum plays remotely like he's capable of it's crazy you could see from the second possession of the game that he was determined yet locked in and determined to come out and leave his mark on the game yeah it wasn't a passive locked in it was this is my moment I am gonna be Jason Tatum yeah so when you have that I think the Celtics is gonna be the heat Uh, I think it's gonna be closer than like the line is making it I wouldn't be so I wouldn't be stunned if the Heat pulled it out. That's not true. I would be stunned, but there's a little part of me that would be like, I kind of knew this was going to happen. But then for the West, I think the Nuggets are going to win. I hope the Nuggets win. I'm not ready to have that conversation if LeBron goes to another finals. God forbid he wins another championship. I'm not ready for all the LeBron lovers. I'm not ready for NBA Twitter. I want nothing to do with that. Because honestly, I'm I don't know if I'll ever entertain it, entertain the goat conversation. <laughs> I don't there, I don't know if there's anything LeBron can do. No, I agree. So, and it's just going to be a constant conversation, and I just don't want it. So that's why. And and also, Jokic is really really fun, and I and I want to see him 
in the championship and win a championship. And also, I just, not, not for nothing, totally un, kind of related. Jalen Rose, I saw he was on a show, he tweeted it out today. He said, Nikola Jokic has, he's uh, officially a superstar. Now this is what this is it. This is what this is what made drew the line in the sand for you. It takes the second conference finals appearance and not the two MVPs. Yeah, not the back to back MVP near three time MVP in a row. Like averaging a triple double didn't do it for you. Like I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that. But either way, yeah, sorry. So I think it's gonna be Celtics Nuggets, and I think that'll be. In this segment, Tom and I each week will give one or two awards that we think are pretty cleverly titled to somebody in the sports, pop culture, or collectibles world. Occasionally, we will ask the other person to guess why that award is either named what it is or who is going to be the recipient of the award based on the name or a collection of both or just why that person fits that award on that week. I'll go first because my first award pertains to the NBA discussion that Tom and I just had. All right, so my first award is actually a Lifetime Achievement Award, and I'm not going to do these often. Usually mine will be in a style more similar to what both of yours are and my second one is, but this one very much ties into what we just talked about, and the opportunity was too grand to pass it up. So I'm going to give the Lifetime Achievement Award to Doc Rivers for Game 7 losses. Okay. He now has, do you know how many Game 7 losses that he has? Seven. Ten. Wow. It's double what any other coach has Wow. in history. How many Game 7 wins? Six and ten. Okay. Six Never is... won a Game 7 on the road. Okay. Six and ten is not as bad as I thought. Six game seven wins is pretty good. Ten is twice as bad as what would be the worst ever if Doc Rivers was never a coach. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So what is that? So that's just a lifetime. That's of just game a seven. game seven lifetime achievement award to Glenn Doc Rivers. Okay. I believe his first name is Glenn. I think. I think it is. All right. So, yeah, you definitely skewed the rules a little bit on this one because you didn't give me the chance to guess but oh you're right well yeah. i mean i wasn't going to say lifetime achievement award guess no lifetime achievement award for game seven losses all right and so then i guess logistics will be worked out yes. on that but so now did you see my awards were you cheating no okay gotta do a better job blocking you next time my first award is the laundry chair award this is the award most similar to a the chair everyone's got in their room where they put all their clothes that are too dirty to put back in the closet but too clean to throw in the wash so it goes on the laundry chair and you can you know re-wear and whatnot and then usually you know you don't want to do it too many times but you can get away with it once or twice and then it's enough and it's time to put it in the wash and that's what this award is going to is someone who is that the epitome of that, and I'll give you your first hint, and that it's an NBA-based award. Okay, I have a guess. Okay. Is it Jordan Poole? It is not Jordan Poole, but why? I want to know why you thought it was Jordan Poole. Because in moments, Jordan Poole is fine, and 
yeah, I can totally rock Jordan Poole to this backyard barbecue, but now when you start going to black tie events, you're not going to wear Jordan Poole. And with Steph 35 years old, the Warriors are trying to get into as many black tie events as they possibly can. Okay. That was well-reasoned, but wrong. It's a coach. It's a coach. It's a coach. A current coach. One who we have talked about not named Doc Rivers. Is it Tibbs? It is Tibbs. Can you guess why it's Tibbs? Because the Knicks were a dumpster fire before he got there, and uh, it's like getting your first suit out of college when you get a paycheck, (laughs) and it's like, this is sick. Like, we haven't looked this good in years. And then when you start making a little more money and going to nicer parties, then you're like, wait a minute. Look at this guy. He's over there wearing Spolstra. Like, I need some of that. (laughs) Okay. Also well-reasoned, but not why. I really like that, though. Might might need to make a... An award wearing Spolstra. I'm going to write that one down for the future. <laughs> the wearing Spolstra award. Um, Alright, now that that's down there. No, Tibbs is the laundry chair award because... He is... Like, he's not as bad as you just... You pull a piece, like a, you know, a shirt that you wore and you already threw in the hamper. And you pull that out and you wear it and it's all wrinkled and dirty and probably smells like laundry. He's not that bad. That's Doc Rivers now. That could be Doc Rivers. It's like this again? Yeah. Yeah, that could be Doc Rivers. It's like, come on. I know the smell anywhere. This is a choked lead. You wore this shirt all week. All right? (laughs) Wash it. It's time to move on, guy. That's enough out of you. So he's not that... But he's, it's also like, I think I've worn this shirt maybe a time or two too many. And we've seen how it's gone. You've gone out. No one's complimented you on it. In years. In years. You've gotten a sniff or two. And like someone's like, you fart? And you're like, no. But you don't tell them it's your shirt, obviously. <laughs> so that's Tibbs. Is he's not. He's a fart trapped in a shirt. He's, but ever, the, a hint of fart. Ever so slight. So it's not, it's not so bad. It's just a little bit bad, and you just have had enough of it, and it's time. There's probably a rip in it in the armpit where no one can see it, but you know it's there. That's Tibbs. So that's why he's. This somehow turned into a raggedy old shirt award. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what it was. It's actually turned worse because I'm really upset with him. But. Tibbs laundry chair award. Put it in the ledger. It's in the mail. Yeah, it's in Your the ledger. Your trophy's in the mail. I'll give you. We'll get. We'll both get checks for the day, for for getting it right, for for award number one. Okay, so my second award, I've decided to call it the Whopper Award. Okay. And I think Whoppers are good. The recent reclaim the flame. Wait, promotional on. campaign by Burger King has been an instant classic and a smash hit. Is this am I supposed to be guessing why you pick it the, it's the Whopper Award? I'm going to give you some hints okay. on who it might be, but I will okay. further explain it a little first. So, okay. I think Whoppers are good. Recent campaign smash hit that has elevated the profile of the Whopper to what I officially consider to be an unreasonable level. And I think it's very good. I think that it's totally satisfies hunger and goes a little beyond that. But I don't think that it 
should be in the elite category like Big Macs and Baconators that the hype has now taken it to after the Reclaim the Flame campaign. And okay. it goes to Wait. an NFL okay. team okay. That, Got excited. that's profile I think is a bit too high right now. Right now? Yes. Oh, the Jets? No. Oh, It's not okay. the Jets. Oh, okay. Too high. Don't tell me. I'm not going to. It's not the Giants. It's not the Giants. Okay, thank God. That would have been so upset. Uh, okay. Correct Recently. conference. Same main color as the G-Men. Same conference? Yes. Uh, same color as the G-Men. Division favorites. I know, I'm just spacing. Oh. Is it the Lions? It's the Lions. Wow, okay. I think... I think the Lions are getting a lot of love. I think people are penciling them in as a contender out of the NFC, which I think is more a testament to how weak the NFC is, aside from a very small handful of teams. But, look, if the Eagles are a Big Mac, uh-huh. then the Lions are a Whopper, and a Whopper is not as good as a Big Mac, even though... The Whopper ended the football season really strong last year because those commercials started debuting. I don't think that... I think the expectations are a little bit too high. I think people going in expecting to get either the best sandwich in the fast food game or the best team in the NFC are probably going to be disappointed. I think that's spot on. I don't know where I would put them in the NFC right. They're certainly not the Eagles, but... Are they the best team in the NFC South? North? No, no, no. Like, if you put them in the NFC South, are they the best team? Oh, probably. I mean, they might be the best team in the NFC North. That's what I'm saying. So, like, are they the third best team in the NFC? See, this is what I'm saying. But, but no, but, like, who's better? Like, the the Any team that is... Look, what it, oh, okay, I'm not even it's, thinking it's, of the NFC East. It's a Detroit thing. The Giants could... The Cowboys are better. Eh, whatever. The, the, uh, and the Giants the could Niners be better. The Niners are better. I was, I was putting the Niners above them. Yeah. And then I said Seahawks, and I thought, I can't put the Seahawks without the Giants, and then I'm never going to say the Cowboys, but... you It wouldn't shock okay, me if the enough. Vikings are better. That would shock me, I think. Shock you? That would surprise me. I expect the Vikings to come back down to earth, but they still were really good offense. I expect the Vikings to finish very okay. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. It would just be like, damn, that stinks. Yeah, I thought the Lions would be better. That's what I'm saying. I'd be disappointed. I wouldn't be mad. I'd be disappointed. Yeah, if you went to BK and were like, I'm getting the best burger. In the continental United States. Yeah, you're right, and it's just, it's not as good as I've been led to believe by how good their commercials are. Yeah. Okay. All the hype. All right, I like that. All right, so for my next award, I'm giving the Lightning McQueen Award. I figured you would like that title. I do. And it's a... Kachika. It's for a baseball player. Baseball player? Yeah, baseball player. On, I'll give you, I know you don't, follow all of baseball it's it is a yankees player is there like any context i want you to figure out the context okay 
I want you to... Why? Why would I give someone the Lightning McQueen Award? Well, obviously because they decided to sacrifice the Piston Cup so that the King could finish his last race. Oh, that would have been really good reasoning for it. No, that's not <laughs> it. My reasoning... If, like... Oh, that... Who would, I have give, who would I give that to? Is it Volpe? It's not Volpe. It's someone who recently came back. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. It's Harrison Bader. Oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. Since he's been back, he's hitting 333 at not counting. Well, he didn't play today, but two triples, three homers, 11 RBIs, 177 OPS plus. Playing incredible defense in center. The guy is absolutely electric. He's incredibly fast, has never grounds into double plays. For context, his 177 OPS plus, Aaron Hicks, before tonight's game, was a 27 OPS plus. <laughs> so Bader is 150% a better hitter than Hicks. So that's who he's replacing. And the Yankees have been pretty electric since he's been back. So that's why he gets the Lightning McQueen Award. And why is it called the Lightning McQueen Award? Because he's really fast. Oh, nice. And cool. And people like him. I like that. Yeah. It's not. Did not, he ever fall asleep in uh, Radiator Springs? No, but I think he probably has worn a Lightning McQueen shirt a time or two, if I had to guess. He seems like the type. So, that's Conf- why. Confirmed. Would be friends with Mater. Bader Mater? I didn't even think of that, yeah. So, Harrison Bader wins the Lightning McQueen Award. Alright, so for this week's randomly, weirdly obscure trivia that I I think very few people would be able to do off the top of their head, but I'm going to work with Adam and I think he's going to get there. So, it's going to be the 2011 rushing yard leaders. Just the top 10. And I'll give you hints along the way. Do you want to do this? You say a name, I tell you where they are, or do you want to guess 1 through 10? Is first Maurice Jones-Drew? First is Maurice Jones-Drew. Okay. Okay, so that, alright, we already got one out of the way. Uh, 2011, you said? 2011. There's some good names on here. 2011 is when AP tore his ACL, right? Yes. But that AP was the is, last game? AP year? is not... Not on the list? He's 18th. Okay, so. Shady on it? Yes. Where? Four. Okay, Shady's four, so we so got, got one, one and four. four. Um, Beast Mode? Yes. Seven. 1,200 yards. 12 touchdowns. Chris Johnson? Shady had 17 touchdowns. Chris Johnson, no. He was 14th. Did have 1,000 yards, though. Aaron Foster? Yep, 5. So you got 1, 4, 5, and 7. 2011. I think there's two names on here that wouldn't surprise me if they stumped you a bit. DeMarco Murray? No, I think it was... Was his blow-up after that? Yeah. His blow-up was after that. Yeah, his blow-up yeah. was like 2014. Yeah, yeah. So he was uh, like... 18th or something on here. How many do we have? Four? Yeah, you got one, four, five, and seven. Ray Rice? Yep, he was two. Alright, we're going to talk about that one beyond that? Yeah, yep. For obvious reasons. So you got one, two, four, five, and seven. Do you want a hint? No. Forte? No, 16. Good guesses so far, though. I'll give you a fun fact. Sean Green from the Jets, 13th. Uh-huh. Not LT. Not LT. Um, Are you sure you don't want a hint? Not for number three. I'll give you one for number eight. No, I'm good on hints for now. Okay. Not Reggie Bush. No, he was 11. 
with the Dolphins. Yeah, that was his last year with Miami, I think. Good guess, though. He was 11 by 5 yards. Probably missed out on a bonus or something. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah, for not being top 10 and rushing. I'll take some hints. All right. One was on the Falcons. Was it Michael Turner? Michael Turner's third. Michael Turner's untackleable. I knew you. I knew he would give you. Steven issues. Jackson on there yeah, anywhere? Yeah, Steven Jackson's nine. There's a Denver running back on there. Wasn't No Sean? It's not No Sean. Was it? Oh, was that Miami back? Um, like you, Miami? Yeah. Yeah. Willis McGahee? Willis McGahee. Let's go. All right. So now we've got 8, 9, 7, 5 through 1. So you're just missing 9, 10, and 6. Sorry, not 9. Just 10 and 6. Because you, you got uh, oh, Steven yeah. Jackson. 2011. Can I have some more hints? Yes. One of them is an absolute bowling ball. Not Peyton Hillis. It is not Peyton Hillis. But what did play for the Jets at a time? Recently. Was it Francis Gore? It Francis uh, Gore. That's a bad miss. That's yeah. my worst miss. I, th- I think I, th- I'm, sur- I'm shocked you didn't get that. Me one. too. That's a bad miss. Um. All right, and then tenth. He is someone who, I think. I'm going to be kicking myself over this Frank Gore one. Yeah, I know. You're going to lose sleep over it. (laughs) This is someone who was like, uh, I'm fairly certain people kept picking high in fantasy football, and he kept letting you down. Was it um, Ryan Matthews? It is Ryan Matthews. That is the top ten rushers from 2011. That was good. Yeah, no, it took some some teamwork, but we got there in the end. I, I, I knew you'd know, I mean... You named, like, pretty much everyone in the top 20. <laughs> Cam, 26th in rushing. Cam Newton? Yes. Let's go. Touchdown. That was his rookie year. Uh, yeah, 14 rushing touchdowns. That's crazy. Yeah, he was uh, LaShawn McCoy. Shady had 17. That was fun. That was fun. All right. Thanks, everyone. Okay, that will do it for today's episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you to Mike for letting us rock him and for letting us use his stuff to record this. We will see you guys same time next week.